Welcome to Tool Talk, the weekly podcast for Toolaholics, where all your DIY, home improvement, automotive, and tool-related questions are answered, and your need, physical need to talk tools is completely served. And now, the host of Tool Talk, Chuck Cage and Sean O'Hara from Toolmonger.com, the web's first tool blog. Hi, I'm Chuck. I'm Sean. Welcome to Tool Talk, podcast number 45. Today is Monday, November 24, 2008, just a few days till Thanksgiving. Woo. If you'd like to give us a call, you can call us at 866-718-9403. That's 866-718-9403. Or you can email us at ckage, that's C-C-A-G-E, or S-O-H-A-R-A. S-O-H-A-R-A Thank you. At toolmonger.com. And this podcast is brought to you by Craftsman. Visit the Garage of Knowledge at Craftsman.com. There's a Craftsman in all of us. You know, I've uh, I've actually been fairly impressed with their new site. Oh, yeah, and the new set of tools. And, yeah. And they're not paying us to say this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a minute ago, yes. Yes, but this, this? Not really, no. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, they, the, uh, I'm kind of curious about the, the hammerhead. Everybody wants to kind of you want to make fun of it but the truth is it actually looks kind of cool well the the part that i think really kind of appeals to me is the no swing kind yeah of like stick when you can in a in a weird place and have it just drive the nail home that's not bad I don't, I don't see my that. dad used to use a pneumatic type you know a, they call it a palm nailer yeah sure you know it looks like a ball and you mm-hmm. hold it in you your hold hand. it yeah it's got a strap goes right yeah, off your hand yeah. you got it He'd use those for, like, framing in places where you couldn't really, you know, get a hammer in. Right. And he couldn't afford, at the time, a, a nailer. So, you know, it was just nailer. You kind of just put it in an angle and shoot some extras in, right? Yeah. I mean, but he used the crap out of it for that kind of stuff. And it, it strikes me that this would go in in places where that wouldn't. And well, it doesn't require the pneumatic. Right. It does, and it's got a safety sleeve, so you're not going to do weird stuff with it. It's yeah, got, which the one he had didn't. Probably really. didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also, the it's lithium-ion, so you can throw it in a drawer, uh, which the casual DIY person oh, yeah. will, I think, that cannot be overstated how much that helps sometimes. I am a big fan of the new 12-volt lithium-ion tools. You know, for a long time, when the back with Bosch, when the... The PS20 came out. We were big fans and told everybody about it. Now, Still of course, are. absolutely. And now you've got the uh, the Milwaukee competing with it, and yep. now you've got the Craftsman version uh, compete, which we haven't tried yet, but uh, looks surprisingly similar to the others. I, I can't imagine if it's not radically different that it won't be the same kind of sturdy platform. Yeah, hopefully, the we'll others test are. one. But it seems yeah. like it, it's it looks similar, and if it performs similar, um, now it really is a challenge you know, to decide which battery group to go with because <laughs> yeah. they really, each one of them have different kinds of tools with it, you know? Yeah, they've all kind of taken the stance in different parts of the market, you know, and it, it kind of depends on what you do on what kind of combination you might want to have. And if you're a guy who does a lot of stuff and these kind of tools appeal to you, it could be kind of a tough choice with some of the stuff coming out here recently. So No I, arguments. I mean, I've been pretty excited, actually. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, the nailer, yeah, you think about would I buy a nailer like that as a problem solver and maybe not, you know, use it every day or something. But if it's part of a battery system, you know, where you get, you know, a subcompact driver, which we all know at this point is badass and, yeah. and you should have one. If you don't have one, you you, you need one. Whatever Which one you're you stu- get yeah. depends on what else you intend to buy. Right, and what suits your fancy right. and, and all that. Right. But 
but if you don't have one and all you have is like a 36 volt or, or a 24 volt monster, you, yeah, you or probably, even an 18 volt monster. Yeah, I'm, which they have a couple. Yeah. Uh, they, we mean, have some in the shop. Yeah, and they're great. But uh, you might want to consider some of these because they will, when you don't want to go all the way to that, some, you know, a big brute or you have oh, some yeah, little you use the crap out of it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I know you have one and you use the crap out of yeah, it. Yeah, I, le- I use a living turn. Yeah, just. All over and I bought your dad one for Christmas last year. Yeah. And it was funny because I remember you said it sat in a box for like the <laughs> longest time before he figured he's out a peeny little driver, you know. Finally pulls it out and realizes, holy crap, this thing's useful. Yeah, I got a call at like 1030 <laughs> at night one day. Do you know what this drill does? As a matter of fact, you yeah. can read about it on toolmonger.com. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, dad, I, I know. Well, this is great. <laughs> yeah, dad, I, I know. I don't know what I'm going to get him this year. I'm going to have to think about it. Uh, you and me both, man. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, there's some great tools out there, though. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there are. And and I know for a fact what he's got because I raid his, his uh, shop every oh, once awesome. in a while for yeah, stuff. We'll have to have so. an offline discussion. Being exactly. part of the O'Hara clan, he'll probably listen to this. So. I did get it from somewhere, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, without, uh, without further uh, BSing, uh, we have... top five i'm sorry <laughs> i picture chickens using tools every time i hear that it's kind of funny i guess if we get tired of it we'll come up with another one um uh, let's see here i'm uh, not promising another one that's but. right it took you a year for this one you're like all right damn it we'll, we'll give you something orchestra exactly uh let's see here number five uh is uh one of jr's which jr is always surprising in the things he pulls out they're kind of esoteric sometimes but it's kind of funny um they they seem to strike a chord sometimes but uh the spring is the thing and uh he was reviewing uh or uh commenting on uh spring-powered hand tools which is not really a big deal until you start using spring-powered hand tools Mm. and then uh and then then it's a big deal uh (laughs) He was uh, he had occasion to use uh, some spring powered little nips or snips. Oh yeah, uh, sure. For, you know, just cutting like old fabric and and you know twine yard or you know string that kind of thing. And uh, he noticed that they were vastly superior to his unsprung versions. And uh, this is I find true on almost any kind of of hand tool. If it's uh, if it's like a pliers type or a squeeze type and it's sprung, good things happen. You know. Now, you're talking about just the spring that brings them back open again. Right. As opposed to, like, the uh, ratchet-type or spring-loaded cutters and that kind of stuff. Right, just a little spring in in between the jaws that just pops them back open. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, definitely. It helps you. Especially, like, with the little ones. Like, I mean, we have a couple of little, little, like, I don't know what you call them, like, the the bent um, needle-nose pliers. Right. And and small needle-nose and small wire cutters, Mm -hmm. you know, for use in small electronic stuff. And the ones that don't have the spring in them stay in the drawer. Oh man, they're just annoying as hell. Yeah, and and the ones are the the ones in the as we call it the active tray. Yeah, right. Are uh, are completely. Oh yeah, sprung. used. Yeah, all just of all of them are sprung. Every single one of them is, and uh, it, we don't really care as long as they have a spring. It's, yeah. it's good. It's true because it, it lets you manipulate them one handed. As right. opposed to trying to stick your finger in them and separate them and all that garbage. Right, it's so. one less thing to worry about because you're normally jamming yeah. into some place where you don't have a lot of room anyway, or you need to be careful about other things. And you really don't want to worry about how am I going to get these back open? This totally. Is, this is doesn't. This is not. Should not be in the foremost of your mind. I think this is one of those things that if you're if you you should be willing to spend a couple of bucks for. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you're and buying a, one of these tools, I'm a cheap bastard, and I still will spend a, a couple a couple bucks now, see, extra for that. I had a funny conversation about this about kitchen stuff the other day. You know, oh? because yeah, well, I mean, a long time back, I had a colander, you know, for draining spaghetti and crap, sure. right? I had this plastic garbage, you know, cheapo colander that I inherited probably from a spare my mother had or something years ago, many years ago, and used it for a long time. Finally, it broke. And I thought, well, I'll go buy another one. And I went to the store and, you know, you can get them for like four bucks, you know, just a plastic sure. cheap colander. Which is what I have. Right. And <laughs> and then I got to thinking, I was like, you know, maybe this is like tools. You know, I use this probably four or five times a Enough week. that you broke it. Yeah. I thought maybe I ought to go, just go get a good one, you know, because let's say that a really expensive one was 40 bucks, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going to use it. The last one I used for, I don't know, 10 years. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, this could be worthy. You know, if this were a tool, yeah. I would go buy the good one. And you not know? just like 10 years and you used it every Christmas or something. You no, used I mean, it like used a couple times a week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I used it more then, you know, because yeah. you, eat, you eat a lot of spaghetti you yeah. know, in college and stuff. <laughs> so, I, so I went to, to Williams-Sonoma, right? And I bought like Ooh, a- Oh, high dollar stuff. Yeah, it was like a- it was like a $32 metal colander. You're like, this right? better be worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I used it. First of all, it worked better, and it was easier to handle, and it was easier to wash. Mm-hmm. It was easier to deal with, and everything it was real nice. It looked nice if you really care about that sort of thing. <laughs> but anyway, so I used it for a couple of years, and uh, and one of the feet broke on it. You know, and they're, they're, they appear to be welded on, right? Right. So it's stainless. I took it back and walked into the store, no receipt. You know, it's clearly the one they sell. Mm-hmm. Um, just walked in with this busted colander in the foot and handed it to them. Uh, they didn't have one in the store, so they ordered one online for me and had it shipped directly to me. Really? Yeah, and uh, no questions asked. I mean, it 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 shipped medium slow, you know. But uh, by the end of the week, well, that's not I had bad. a new one. It's identical, same warranty. Um, nice. Yeah, so anyway, I guess what I'm saying is, is that I started thinking about other tools that I use in the kitchen that way. And I think that the way you think about tools is the way you ought to think about everything, you know? <laughs> I can't really disagree with that. Because, I, I mean, I just naturally think that way about tools, but for some reason I don't engage Did it on you it. to the kitchen? Yeah, or other things. You right. know, it's like in, in the case of this, you know, you and I both know that if you were faced with buying a $2 set of little snips or a ten or twelve dollar set of little snips, and you weren't completely broke at the moment, and the ten or twelve dollar ones were sprung and had a nice grip on them. Man, I'd spring for those. Yeah, because you're going to use them for years. Yeah, they'll conceivably they could be with you for the rest of your days. That's right. You could the happiness they will bring you in making jobs easier, and 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 just making your life simpler over the years will dramatically outpace a ten dollar investment. Absolutely. You know. So I, f- I found it funny to think about other stuff that way, and I actually did it the other day. I can't even remember what it was, some some damn thing I bought for the kitchen again. You know, something broke. And I thought, you know, I'm going to buy a good one because this is something I use every couple of days, and I went and I spent an extra, you know, eight or ten bucks or something. Now, I mean, if it's a hundred, come on, you know. Yeah. But if you're talking about the difference between like two and twelve, you know, what the hell? Yeah. If it's actually that kind of quality. That's right. If it's some kind of gimmick or some weird thing or anything. Exactly. You you need to use your head on that. But, uh, I mean, if it's standard accepted quality over standard accepted cheapo and you use the living tar out of it. Like my colander. Right. You know, I mean, this colander went from a plastic crappy one that probably should have never lasted as long as it did to a metal one that should last forever and is warranty forever and is easy to use and, 
easier to wash. Hell, I mean, just the extra moment it takes to wash the other one. Yeah. Oh, Every yeah. time you use it, you know, is worth 30 bucks over many years. And, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 Factor it over 10 years and it ends up being like, I don't know, a micro penny a day or something. You know? Oh, yeah. And and really the... I mean, even if they're they're uh, like I have a, a set of uh, little uh, needle nose and snips and everything in my my shop that my dad used. Uh, wow, uh, <laughs> forty years ago. Yeah, right, right. I mean, why? I mean, when he was in the service. Yeah, it's like come on, you know. You know, and and they're they're just these little crappy clines that have crappy clines. Yeah, I mean, interesting. Well, they are now. <laughs> I mean, they. No, you mean they look crappy? They look crappy. They work <laughs> fine. <laughs> I mean, you you take yeah you you're, I mean you're, you're making my point exactly. Here. This is, this is uh, they are incredible road dogs for the amount of <laughs> abuse that they've been through. Who and, knows what the hell he paid for them? But the tools will last. But, Hand tools like yeah, that will last so long that inflation actually becomes a factor. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know? I, I asked him like last year, what did you pay for those? He's like, oh, I think I, they were expensive at the time. I think I gave Quarter. like a buck fifty for these <laughs> and like three dollars. It was it was a lot. Yeah. You know? And that's the equivalent of like twenty bucks now, you know. Yeah, so, you know. So and uh, I'm like, huh? Well, he's because I was bringing them to him to sharpen them because yeah, right. you know the the snips had yeah, yeah. kind of lost their edge, so <laughs> to speak. You know, after years of clipping everything, I could get get them around, and uh, they still work fine. You know, and and it's just the the kind of quality over over cheap at the moment that I use the living tar out of them. I still you've used them. You know, they're a little mm-hmm. red handled. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's just like you said. It's it's <laughs> that's worth why it in the long run. That's why they're jacked because we I see to... what you do with them, and <laughs> I did what you did with them, and that's it's... not what they're meant for. No, but they're fine. <laughs> they, Snipping eighteen gauge brads, not what they're intended to do. No, but they work great. They do. I would not argue. <laughs> and for what it's worth, the uh, you know the 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 blades are hardened properly because they yeah. didn't gouge. Yeah, no, they know? didn't. They got dull. Yeah, not surprisingly. But. I mean, well, they're clients. I mean, they're they're. <laughs> nice. I did them with cheapo things, and I went through three of the cheapo things before my dad said, "Here, just use these." Yeah. And uh, like, see, that's okay. it. That's it. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, you you really have to look at this. I made the the comment to somebody the other day. It's like spark plugs. You know, is it like spark plugs or is it like I don't know what's a better example? Welders. Right. Okay. I mean, the difference between. Uh, it'll do the job welder and the best welder out there, say MIG welders, you know, mm-hmm. is like $5,000. Yeah. Difference. This like, is a lot of money. The difference between like the cheapest spark plugs that will operate in your vehicle and the best within reason. Okay. I'm not talking about, you know, let's Split be, fire 80, you know, let's see how many different <laughs> the configurations we, we can, can make, splits, you we know, can make in this thing. No, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about like, you know, like, say Bosch Platinums, you know, right. the difference is a few bucks, literally on an eight cylinder car, you know, now if you have a Veyron, I guess you're in trouble. Yeah. But guess what? You ain't going to be doing the job anyway. Yeah. And this is not going to be the most <laughs> important thing to you. But I'm just saying, I mean, if you have like an eight cylinder, you know, normal V8, I mean, you're talking about a whopping difference of maybe 25 or $30 from crap to to, to spectacular get, yeah and you know and this is something that you do every what 30 60 thousand miles right you know come on so anyway i think these are spark plugs when it comes to that it's like if you're buying a little clipper set of you know set of wire cutters man just go ahead and upgrade Yeah, just get the good stuff no kidding yeah uh well uh number four 
is uh, what's that funny shaped piece of metal? <laughs> and uh, That's cool. this one, uh, basically, I don't know if you've ever really used these things or, or anything like that before, but it's like a little, it looks like a little French curve or a yeah. little painter's palette. But know? it's like backwards, right? Right. Like you're using the outside of it instead of the inside. Exactly. And uh, basically, it's just a bunch of, uh, it's it's kind of a, it has different radiuses and much like a uh, a French curve or something like that. And you can use it to, you know, scrape. You can use it to kind of get stuff out of the way. And because of the radiuses and because of the amount of curves that it has, it... Some portion of it will match what you in, want. Yeah, we'll get in where you want to go. Right. Uh, so you can use it in turning. You can use it in uh, just regular, you know, woodwork or something like that. And, and really, this is not a, a big deal until you, you're like, God, I need something weird shaped and it'll fit in this little <laughs> and you're looking is, around the shop yeah you're looking around the shop for like coffee cans anything you can <laughs> find that'll just cut up and work in there and this is specifically designed to do that and it's like a couple bucks so it i mean cool it's not a really big deal but it's it's cool to have around so i see why people were were kind of excited and <laughs> i looked at it and went what the hell is that and then then you're like oh, oh <laughs> i need one of those you know? totally <laughs> so, can see that so that was kind of cool uh, number three uh, stem from a debate between me and my father. Hot or not, halogen shop heaters. Oh. And I don't know if you've seen these. No. Um, basically, it's uh, obviously uh, it gets cold in the winter, yeah. uh, even in Texas. Right. And uh, I and my father are looking for, because we use chemicals and we use stuff that, you know, has vapor and could Oh, uh, you're ignite. looking for a non-fire type. A non-fire type. And I've got sawdust all over my shop, and I'm <laughs> really not excited about having flammable flame. Having or, your you know, shop having, explode. Yeah, yeah that would be bad, bad uh, especially with all the stain and chemicals I keep there, uh, which is arguably more than it used to be. <laughs> uh, so uh, we were looking for flameless uh, type heaters, and uh, we came across the halogen shop heaters, which are fairly inexpensive for a lot of the units that you find out there. You can get them for well under 100 bucks. Uh, they don't cost a tremendous amount to heat, uh, as compared to some of the other electric type heaters or central heating. Uh, but they cost, uh, probably more than a butane heater, but I can't have a butane right. heater in my shop. Again, open flame. Uh, so we looked at these, uh, halogen heaters and everything I, I saw about them kind of enforced that these were kind of a cool thing, but I, I was a little worried about, does the person standing a foot and a half away from it turn into a <laughs> nuclear furnace and the person eight feet from it turn into an icicle? Whoops. Uh, I was a little worried about that. And uh, people, of course, the, the actually hive, had some. Yeah. The hive mind that is the Toolmonger readership has used or is using some. Uh, and uh, they commented about like I thought, if you have a small area, like, say, a one car garage and you mount it correctly. Uh, not at the top of the shop, by the way. That's that's not going to do you any good because, as everyone knows, heat rises, sure. and you wind up making the ceiling very toasty and you freezing your socks off. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so if you mount it kind of lower, kind of at your workstation, and you don't have like cathedral ceilings or something, uh, you should be okay with one of these. Uh, the problem is that the heat doesn't travel very much if you get in a very or a, a rather inexpensive one that doesn't have a blower attached to it. Uh, that heat does not radiate as far as you think it would. And if you have something like a two-car garage, which is basically what my shop is, uh, well, actually, that's exactly what my yeah, shop right. is. Sure. Uh, 
it doesn't exactly help you very much. Right. So you need uh, like two of them and right. the blower, and that's getting kind of pricey. And then you might as well just buy an expensive one, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of two to $300, and you can have something that's nice that has a blower and, and oscillates and, mm. and does good things for you. Uh, the cheaper ones, which are the ones I was asking for that function very much like kind of a, a one of those hanging shop lights where you just pull the chain oh, and, I see. Yeah. and it, you know, it's a little, uh, halogen element that, that heats and, and it's all electric and there's no open flame. Uh, these not so much, uh, with the big shop heating thing. So we're looking at cold in Sean shop. Uh, we are at the moment, um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, I can tell you we're looking at cold in Chuck's shop. Yeah, you know, so it's... Uh, no, luckily, I have found that carrying the heat with me yeah. seems to be yeah. the best idea, you know? Yeah. Dress warm. Dress in layers, <laughs> and, which is how we normally do it, and that's fine. Oh, but yeah. every once in a while, you, you're like, you know, I'd really love it to like wear a t-shirt out when it's cold and in the shop. And oh, it, yeah. And it's, it's always sort of worth like pursuing. the same dream that you have in August where you'd like to be able to go outside without getting heat stroke. But right. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, right? Not in people at our income like level. real level, you know, real people type of thing. Now, I mean, there are some solutions. And if you can have a butane heater in your shop, man, you're you're set, you know. Uh, like, you would probably not really have a problem except for the fumes, which yours is completely sealed off and you don't have any vent for it. Um, but there's always a catch. But uh, there's... Uh, the the problem I had was just the uh, one the the space requirements. It can't be like this big huge unit. Uh, I can't have anything big like that, and I I really can't have open flame. That's kind of a bad idea as far as the amount of sawdust and chemicals because I would be staining. Uh, part of the thing would be yeah, exactly be staining, and it gives this off isn't vapor. Really you that you're concerned with. You would like right. to be able to stain right. Uh, so it's, that would be what I'd be doing out there because anyone who's tried to stain in very cold weather knows it doesn't set, uh, yeah. if it's like 30 degrees oh. outside or below. Uh, luckily my shop is like 10 degrees warmer than the ambient air most of the time, but that doesn't help if it's 20. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully it's not going to be the whole time. <laughs> well, hopefully not. And, and it should be okay most of the time, but you always look into kind of alternative, am I missing something type and, of things in this. And in this case, we're going to say... Not. No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> but uh, it's always good to know, and and uh, I appreciate all the uh, the readers oh, helping yeah. me out with that because it's it love uh, the hive mind. That's I, just exactly. Uh, let's see here, uh, number two, an expensive alternative to a few scrap two by fours. Um, basically, what this is is hands free drywall support. Um, think of it <laughs> as <laughs> can't tell what we think by the title, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> Ben was less than impressed with some of the... He's like, what, wouldn't you just use some leftover scrap and some trim and just nail the sucker up there until you were ready to pry it off? And I'm like, well, Ben, you you and me both, Chief. <laughs> I, I don't know. But, uh, Rule number one, toolmongers are cheap bastards. Yeah. We, you know? we have a tendency to go, well, I'm not spending money on that. Well, we'll spend for the stuff that really makes a difference. Like I mean, we were if, talking about earlier. That's with right. Stuff that's, I mean, yeah, important. But A quality tool versus junk tool, yeah, we'll spend. But when it comes to like a tool that you could make yourself. But a disposable piece of Lexan that costs you a couple bucks versus crap I had I found laying on the floor yeah, or cutting up a $2 two-by-four. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm cutting Guess up the two happening. by four. Yeah, now <laughs> I I can see that if you were uh you know if you weren't really used to doing this and you were really worried about it and you didn't have a helper or anything like that and these seemed useful. Okay, cool. Um, 
if you're fairly confident and you don't mind cutting up some two by four, man, just which if you're willing to install drywall, I'm guessing you are confident yeah, enough to you, cut up some two by four. You have a circ or a chop saw <laughs> somewhere, or, or a, a miter saw. saw, anything. You know, <laughs> uh, I don't coping saw. I don't even care. You have some kind of way to cut up a two by four. Oh, this my. is probably not going to be where you're at. Um, but how, how much was the thing? You remember? Oh man, it was like four bucks per per thing. And they're and and they go away because you nail them. Well, right? Yeah, you're nailing them up to a thing, and and conceivably you could actually drywall over them, and <laughs> now they're in your wall, and that's sounds like a bad idea. I don't know about you. Well, I mean, it's not like it's going to hurt anything being there, but it just Tick me off you'd to know, know I know it was I there. know that wall cost me an extra fifteen bucks, you know, and that would just kill me. So no, I, I don't know if I'm down with that one. Um let's see here. Uh oh, uh the number one. And this one was uh kind of a surprise. I didn't think this many people would be into it, but uh, again JR grabbed the top spot. Uh an industrial moisture checker. Uh, and this is basically for wood. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know and here's the thing, a it's lot cheap of people too, isn't it? Uh, it wasn't very expensive. I mean, there we he did another one, I guess, about a week back uh, that was real cheap. It was like twenty five bucks or something that uh, will spot check uh, wood, and uh, you could you could uh, check the uh, the moisture of of wood and, and understand. Which honestly is handy if you're ever doing any finish work or well, something like that. Yeah, and besides that, it's real easy to if you've got a mill near you to have trees you got laying around cut right. And yeah, you can have them kiln dried, but it's kiln dried, but it's expensive. It, it really is. And and when you know the truth is, is, you can actually build a box and put them in it and let the sun dry them if you got some time. Right. And one of these to find out where you are. Right, which is important. Not to mention that even after you've had them kiln dried, if you let them sit and they get wet, they can actually take in a lot of that water again, and then you know vape, vape outgas it back out. On and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, almost endlessly. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, wood is a very breathable material. I know it doesn't seem like it sometimes, but it can actually cons- expand and contract a great deal. Uh, I can tell you this. My, my dad bought a 1,000 board feet of oak and, uh, and was wet. Because it was fresh cut, he got a deal. So it right? weighed a couple thousand tons. Yeah, so um, <laughs> there were these 12 foot, every stick was 12 foot. Right. Some of them, uh, every one was 12 inches wide. Mm-hmm. Some of them were two uh, were two inches thick, some of them were one inch thick. That's a nice, nice bunch, man. Yeah, right. Well, you've seen them. Yeah. So, so the... Uh, I need to get that planer fixed. <laughs> no kidding, so we can start tearing into that. Free wood. Yeah, no kidding. First time, yeah, even if you got to point the crap out of it, whatever. Yeah, who cares? Right? So the first time I we moved it, it was wet, and two of us could carry one of the one inchers, but it was hard for two of us to carry <laughs> a two incher. Yeah, I mean, it, I I would venture to say it weighed a lot. It I, was. I would not. The second time we moved it, it was. Uh, you could carry a one incher by yourself, no problem. And two of you could easily carry a two-incher. When I moved it the third time. Um, Is that one with me? Yes. Okay. You could carry either of them by yourself. Yeah, it was no problem. I mean, it was heavy, but you could do it. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, this wood has dried quite a bit. Yes. I mean, you can empirically tell on a piece of wood that big. Oh, yeah. Like, literally, you know, half the weight of the wood will come out yeah. in water. And uh, also, wood expands 
when uh, <laughs> there's much water in it, so as you, got you wet might stuff expect. And you build with tight joinery. Guess what? Yeah, it's not going to work out well for you. <laughs> um, that's when you start seeing people's, you know, very fine, you know, joints just crack in half <laughs> because Gaps they're expanding, or they're what? you know, or yeah. they're contracting. Or right. I mean, you can get in. It's bad. I mean, you can get as much of a quarter it. inch in in very. <laughs> And if you don't think a quarter inch oh, of, yeah, of contracting or expanding <laughs> wood will uh, do boned. nasty stuff to you, it's you got another thing coming. So humidity is very important to check wood. Absolutely. And this industrial uh, checker, I think it's like a hundred bucks or something like that, which is fairly expensive. But what it does is it has a memory, and you can check uh, you can nice. check like a hundred or a hundred and fifty times, and it'll average and tell you what the average moisture on these are, or it'll tell you uh, what the exact moisture is. You can do a bunch of points on on one. Nice one piece of, of lumber and find out exactly where to cut, where the, the drier areas are, if it's dry, too dry, or if it's what, oh, man, you know, that's cool. It's, it's pretty cool. And it's this little bitty hand unit. You just kind of jab it into some wood and, and, uh, it'll, it'll give you the average, uh, it'll give you the mean, it'll give you the, uh, uh I mean, it's, it'll point check for you. I mean, it's, it's what you'd use for a truck of lumber. Oh yeah. Or, you know, it'd be great to have around the shop, like you said, for right. whenever you were getting ready to, you know, if you were going to join a couple of pieces to make a, a top of a desk or something, you know, it might not hurt to just check. Yeah. See where you stand. Also, uh, along those same uh, points is uh, before you do, when you're doing a major piece of furniture like that or something you're you're kind of worried about that with, uh, it's best to, once you get the shop in, or the wood in the shop, let it sit for a couple of days to adjust to the ambient moisture of the shop area. Now that'll change, you know. You know, if you were whatever. really smart, what you do is go put the wood wherever you were going to put your piece of furniture for a few days and check it there. Well, and that'd be cool. <laughs> um, however, uh, a lot of times I found the other half doesn't exactly like you sticking wet lumber or or you know unfinished lumber. No, I mean you assume room. that you're not using wet lumber at this point. You're using you know, something that you think is ready to go. Right. You know, so it wouldn't be totally out of the realm of reality to take a stick or two in for your a, office or something. Yeah, or, for a major piece, I would kind of recommend it because this is something that's going to be with you for a while, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully looking the same. <laughs> hopefully not expanding and contracting it. And now you can combat this pretty readily with uh, stain, which uh, when they say seals, oh, yeah, they don't sure. mean it's waterproof. They mean it doesn't except moisture the same right, way it right. used to because it penetrates and everything. So it'll repel water and everything, which is why they tell you to, uh, uh, and why honest to, to, to God, wood crafters will tell you to stain every piece of it. It's yeah, not, not because the there's some yeah. some militant thing going on. It's because it'll draw moisture from wherever it's capable. Yeah. You know, so. Of course, uh, you know, what the hell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. I've had my share of pieces that don't do that. Let me yeah, just say that. Yeah, the glue and the ply know. in my stuff, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see it penetrate past that bad boy. <laughs> There's an inch and a half of glue. Well, you know. yeah. Funny how that works. Yeah, you know, so th there are exceptions. But if you're dealing with solid hard hardwood and you're dealing with uh, joints that are, are traditionally made, and by that I mean mostly mechanically locked with a little bit of glue in them, uh, or just straight mechanical lock or death if you've got unsealed wood or wood that accepts moisture and the moisture content or the humidity content fluctuates wildly, like say an outdoor piece, uh, th this will be a concern for you eventually. Uh, maybe not now, maybe not in you know the next oh, six yeah. months, but eventually it's going to bite you. Yeah, sure. 
But uh, that pretty much concludes the top five. kind of an interesting experience this week um i had a couple of uh showers in the house that didn't really want to make hot water i experienced one of those showers it was uh in fact that's how i found out it was a guest shower sean comes out after uh being over at the shop here messing around luckily it was in the summer so cold water wasn't exactly the death that you think it might be it was actually kind of welcome yeah but he comes out he's like dude no hot water you know i'm like hmm so anyway um after some messing around, I finally got around to checking it out and uh, called a plumber because I just really don't know that much about that part of plumbing. Well, let me let me just state, if you know enough to be dangerous about plumbing, you can... Oh, man. You can, you can turn a little problem into a big problem. Right. Now, if you've done it before, like, I mean, if you're trying to fix the, the joint or the, you know, the riser on a toilet or something like that, yeah, yeah, and you've yeah. done it, okay, this is not... Oh, installing a new Plus, faucet, no problem, like you any know? project, you, you, you ask yourself, you know, what's the limit of the damage I can cause? Like, right. you know, you're rebuilding the inside of a toilet. Okay, look, come on. You can turn it off right there. Right. The worst thing you can do is... Disable the toilet. Yeah, and you're going to have to buy, you know, the guts of a toilet, which costs squat. Yeah, like 12 bucks If I really jack this up, I'm going to end up having to spend 20 or 30 bucks on it, you know? So, yeah, what the hell? Installing a new faucet? Hey, you got to cut off right there, you know, (laughs) whatever. Go for it. It's no big deal. Well, uh, no cutoff for these. It's in the wall. Right. All signs of things that you want somebody knowing what the hell they're doing. Uh, breaking a pipe in a wall, bad. Yeah, not fun. Yeah, not a good thing. So, also, uh, before you start working on a shower, if you ever attempt to do so, <laughs> shut the water off. <laughs> not just the hot water, yeah, all right. the water. Both of them go into it. <laughs> in fact, that's it turns out uh, this is meant to be a little piece of shared wisdom that I I paid uh, a good 300 bucks to have somebody diagnose and fix one of these for me. And I'm not bitching because, you know. You did not do it. Said, I mean, the way I look at it, I paid uh, 50 bucks for a little, uh, for a cartridge for it and uh, 250 bucks for knew how to do it. Right. And uh, <laughs> you went to plumbing school for this. <laughs> yes, I did. And I, I paid close attention. I think I could probably do some of the others. But, you know, uh, what ended up happening, it turns out that Moet and some of the other Moet, however you want to look at it. I always think of Moet like the champagne, right? Which is that way. But in reality, it's, it's not either one, is it? It's Moen. M-O-E-N. Yeah. Whatever. You know what it is. Anyway, right. Moen uh, makes these nice uh, faucets that have just a lever, right? And all the way over is off. And as you turn it on, it, gets you know, it goes from cold to hot, right? It's actually a pretty cool setup. It is. And there's a little magic cartridge in there that makes all that good stuff happen. Yeah. And apparently, uh, and I thought the guy was crazy when he first told me this, but he listened to me and he's like, okay, so you're getting hot water, but you're getting a low flow or no flow of hot water when you turn it to the hot side. Yeah. He's like, yeah, they do that. The cartridge goes bad. 
I'm like, I don't even use these that much. He's like, yeah, those are the ones that go bad. <laughs> <laughs> the ones you don't use as much tend to be there. So if you have any of these in, say, a three- or four-year-old house, and you haven't been using that guest bathroom much, and this happens, this is 10 to 1 what the problem is, you know? It's uh, it's just this little cartridge. Now, you, you can replace the whole thing, which is stupid, for a, a zillion dollars and a bunch of drywall and tile work, or you could just pull out this little center cartridge and replace it. The cartridge runs, you know, up to 50 bucks. And there are two kinds I see on, on the net and, uh, it's a little tricky. You know, you got to take the, take the handle off and take some, some little shims out and then pull it out. I understand home Depot makes a puller, which allows you to apply, apply simplify it a little yeah. bit, right? These guys didn't use one. Hell, I saw him do it with a pair of, you know, uh, slip joint. Absolutely. You know, and just yanking on it. Right. But that'd make me a little nervous. But uh, then again, you know, he had a truck full of parts and you didn't. I didn't. So <laughs> he was probably a little more willing to, like, do what he had to do to get the hell out the door faster. But anyway, a couple of things worth noting. Uh, number one, if this happens to you, you can fix it yourself. And if you look online and just plug in Moen shower cartridge replacement, you'll find like a million how-tos nice. on how to do it with pictures of it. And I guarantee you that the insides look just like those pictures. Because <laughs> you saw, saw one, one today. <laughs> and uh, the other thing is that it really never hurts to turn on those faucets every now and then, like, you know, once a week or something. Just go run, you know, run a, a gallon of water out of it or something just to... Uh, just to keep it keep the seals wet that's right yeah Yeah. and uh, it would have saved me a lot of hassle and uh, the guy actually explained too that uh, it helps all of the some joints or some other things stay uh, stay uh, avoid drying out so you don't end up with other problems as well so hey there you go this is actually and also i would like to reiterate if you have no clue about plumbing <laughs> or I mean any any really any area if you have no clue there is no shame in calling a pro. Yeah. And you know don't get pissed when the pro charges you pro rates to do what they do. Right. I mean honestly I figure I mean it took the guy 30 minutes he popped it in and out and he made, you know, $250. Now my thinking is is that probably every fifth or tenth one he ends up and he was doing it with a, a book rate, right? Right. So probably every 5th, 10th, 15th one, you know, he manages to break one of the pipes and all hell breaks loose. Right. And he ends up doing, you know, $1,000 worth of drywall and tile to get things back right again. Which he would have had to do had he popped it loose. Absolutely. It would have been his problem, you know. Um, And it wasn't. So, you know, I figure he's just kind of factoring that in. And I'm certainly, and like I said, you're paying for the knowledge, man. Dude knew what the problem was, listened to my description, knew what the problem was, knew how to fix it. Brought the part with him, and off you go. Took care of it. I mean, that's what you pay for. Right. You know? Now, that doesn't mean that you have to have yourself fleeced every time somebody True. comes out. I mean, I mean, pay attention if right. you can. You know, if you can do this, <laughs> can you do, do it? it you yeah, know? absolutely. Like, um, don't pay somebody to fix your toilet. Yeah. You know, there's virtually nothing on a toilet that you cannot fix. Right. Even if you have to yank the entire thing out again. It's just. I've not never that done it, but I know you've done it. And, I've done uh, five. Man, our friend Lorenzo did it, and he didn't have any trouble. It's, he even moved it a little. Yeah, I mean, it's just no big deal. So. I mean, the the things you have to remember is is the only thing you really have to remember with a toilet. Put the ring in the freezer. Well, isn't that the one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's important, but. <laughs> It ain't nothing like a melted ring. You get it home, you've been sitting it. It's been sitting there all day. You're like, 
you go to put it on and it's half melted and you're like crap you know <laughs> literally and uh it's, it's very bad so uh that's not good but also remember that what you're dealing with is a porcelain appliance if you crank it and yeah. screw those screws down you're going to crack it and then you're out another 50 bucks for another toilet bowl or a hundred if you've got like one of those highfalutin <laughs> toilet bowls. Um, I put a highfalutin handle on my cheap toilet bowl, and it's it's about as far as I'm willing to go. But um, just just remember, use your head with plumbing. I mean, if it's if it's copper, you probably need to know how to sweat it. If it's plastic, man, there ain't nothing PVC is going to scare you. Yeah, okay? the thing with PVC is if you jack it up, you can always just cut it off and try it again. Yeah, you know, screw it. Um, there's, I mean, there there are times when you can just throw caution to the wind if you've seen it a couple of times. And there you are have times to think though. There are times when you just need to think it through and go, okay, can I? Do I have any idea what I'm doing? If the answer is no, yeah, call the dude. Call call somebody. All right. And this is from incredibly cheap and and I can do that. People, so just relax. <laughs> call he also the dude. had another great piece of advice for me, which I think I'm going to follow um, next time it dries out a little bit. Um, you know, the uh, uh, the pressure valve, there's a pressure regulator valve on my house. Some people have them, some don't. Uh, newer neighborhoods, they tend to install them to allow them to run a higher than normal water pressure until right. they get all the houses in and everything, which is why I think I'm stuck with one. But uh, I had one break, and it was great. The people had managed to cover over the access point to it oh, and landscaping. So you're out there with a piece of rebar <laughs> poking around trying to find it. They covered over the city one, too, with, oh. with the homeowners associations landscaping out on the street. Yeah, code says they're not allowed to do that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had to fix mine, but they had to fix theirs. But anyway, um, when I went to fix it, and, and you actually recommended this, I think, I, I, I wanted to put one of those little boxes in to, to make sure it got covered. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. But it wasn't really high enough, so I just bought like three bottoms Yeah. and just stacked them up until Hell I got yeah. to the top and then put the cap on it. We had a good suggestion, which is to dig out about a foot and a half underneath the thing and fill it with gravel, mm-hmm. you know, so that it's easier for the water to drain. Yeah. Because mine's full of water again, and you know what's going to happen. It's going to just corrode that thing, and I'm going to be out another 700 bucks. Yeah. In a couple of years, and that's that's bull. It's not cool. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not down with that. Yeah. Plus, being uh, having the water off in your house for a day and a half or so while they <laughs> jack with it is not fun. It's great. I get a call from Chuck. Dude, I... I need to use your shower. <laughs> what happened? Uh, it's a long story. I feel nasty. Can I use your shower? <laughs> like, yeah, no problem, man. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the second time it happened. So, yeah. I mean, it's know. it's just not fun in any way, shape, or form. However, um, and Toolmonger is not officially recommending you do this. <laughs> Uh-oh. However, if it ever happens that you need a sewer key or a... You know, I have one. a water key or anything like that. <laughs> I don't care what city code says. You can buy them at Home Depot. They're like three bucks. I have one. Eight bucks for the really nice long handled ones. Go get one. All right. It, it it's yeah whatever. But if if you are flooding the entire neighborhood because of some weird water problem in yeah, your nobody's house, nobody's going to be angry with you. Nobody's going to care that you stopped it. Okay, hey, including story. the city. Funny story that I heard from the. Uh, uh, from the plumber, though, as we were making fun of people who put their uh, water heaters in their attics, uh, he got he gets a call and comes out, and uh, uh, we won't name him, so he's he won't be in trouble. But he gets a call and comes out, and apparently a neighbor had called and said the water was running out this dude's front door, two story house. Oh no! 
Oh no! <laughs> I mean, it just so, kept coming. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it it, it it let go, and of course, continues pl- plowing water out of it. And uh, yeah, something like uh, thirty or fifty thousand dollars damage to the house. Oh. You know what would have been like a, a in my case a wet garage, yeah, and like a six or eight hundred dollar water heater. Yeah. You know, hell, if I called a dude and had it installed book value, maybe fifteen hundred bucks. Right. Turned into your house is trash. Wow. I mean, literally like a thirty to fifty thousand dollar. Now, fun thought here. You feel like a right nitwit. Most people don't carry flood insurance. Really? Yeah. You're but kidding. you don't. <laughs> Actually, I do. Uh, you might where you are, but most people don't because there's really no need for it. Live I by mean, a lake, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> to be no, to be honest, I mean, there's just not a need for it in most cases. I mean, like like my house. If my house floods, man, you got a problem, right? You know, the world is. You need an ark. Yeah, if <laughs> yeah. my house is flooded, you you're this up there. This is not the biggest problem. My house insurance is not my biggest yeah, problem. You need a canoe world. to get out of it because the city yeah. is flooded. Yeah. yeah, there are major. You know, we could just sell sell my place as beachfront property and just make a ton. Forget the house, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, these guys they were pretty much screwed. I mean, screwed. Yeah. And and you and I both know that water heaters eventually fail. Eventually, in some way, shape, or form, they are going to to fail. And hopefully, you- it just stops heating or something. But I mean, I mean, my my mother's hers let go, and uh, and dumped. You know, and hers was in the middle of the house. It's a one story house, and it did many thousands of dollars of damage. Luckily, covered. Yeah. But I mean. Mine, mine are in, in the garage. The garage is slanted downward. It's like the worst thing that's going to happen to me, I'm going to have a wet garage. Yep. And that's kind of the and same that's minus. if the little pan doesn't work. Right. You know, if the pan works, I'll have nothing. But I don't even really care. Yeah, you'll have, a, you'll have a, a slick track that, that, <laughs> that goes, goes out the garage yeah, that door. goes out to the garage door and down your driveway. Yeah, not a um, real problem. Yeah, you know? same deal here. I, I kind of begrudge it a little bit, the space it takes up in the garage. Me too, but, but screw that. But you know, you know? what? It's not it's over idea, everything man. I own, you know, and this is this is a good thing. <laughs> also, um, just uh, as long as we're talking about things not to do with, <laughs> with water heaters and everything like that, um, my oh, parents have yeah. have uh, this is sad. have this. Uh, no, this is this is not that bad. Uh, this is not not as sad. If you have a septic system, oh, uh, like my parents do. Uh, a lot of people out in the country have them. Uh, if you're in the south, uh, you it's kind of if you're not in a subdivision, man, you got a septic tank. Okay, true. If you have one of these, spend the five bucks a month and dump the Ridex down the toilet. Okay. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Don't argue with me. Just do it, okay? Because there is nothing like a backhoe in your backyard to tell you, and, and the backhoe operator, you know, on the, installing the new septic tank and draining the sucker because you backed <laughs> oh, it up all too. to hell. Yeah. There is nothing like the guy going, man, five bucks a month in Ridex, and you're, you're fine. I thought you were going to mention the uh, the other thing with making sure that even when a pro comes and installs, and this is worth mentioning, by the way, I can't believe we didn't mention it back at the time, but when we, even when a pro installs a hot water heater for you, make damn sure that the shutoffs are right. Yeah. Um, we had uh, a very close friend of ours had uh, some issue with that, and uh, it uh, it blew up and uh, managed to, uh, to kill a couple – friendly animals in the uh in the yeah. house and uh, it was and it could have just as easily ki- i mean 
even if that should bother you, the fact that right. you know the the pets were killed in it. But let me tell you, I mean, if 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 a person had been near it, would have been dead too. Would have killed you just the same. So, however you look at this, um, you know, water heaters are common things, but if you install them incorrectly, they can. I mean, this is this is a bunch of of hot water. Um, and, uh, and, and pressure and pressure, which is not a good situation and it's not good to be around. So you need to be careful. I mean, it's technology that's been around for a long time. And if you install it correctly, it is about as safe as it's going to get. But it's, right? it just struck me as something I hadn't thought about that when it comes down to it, safety, things like that, regardless of, of what you've paid or who you've talked to in the end, it's your life. It's your responsibility. And, and I, I'm not saying that she should have, I'm saying that if, if, there's anything we can take away from that it's that you know if you know a couple of things like this and you know to look for it you can save yourself grief absolutely and any can. way you can break that chain you break it yep you know yep absolutely so i i went and learned how mine worked the minute you told me about that yeah i'm like how does this work how do i know they work you know absolutely and it occurred to me that if i ever had one installed professionally i would check it myself yeah, and it's just lay and your own eyes on it, you know. Exactly. I mean, look, <laughs> right. and I mean, there are things set up, and there are the reasons some of this is built like this is so you can do that exact thing. And uh, it was very unfortunate, but I think the like you said, the thing to take away from it is it's preventable. Yeah, and 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 an extra set of eyes on it. You should expect a pro to install it correctly. Right. And you can inspect it yourself and be sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it That's never my, hurts. It really doesn't. <laughs> I got two quick things for you. Um, I did two uh, a hands-on and a how-to uh, last week, and uh, I thought they were worth mentioning on the cast. One, uh, we'll do the uh, the how-to first. Um, oh, that was, was the grout, right? Yeah, it was the grout, which I don't know if we've ever had to you know do tile grout or anything like the that. The grout, I'm making the little finger. Yeah, I don't know quotes. if you've ever, I've had to grout some things, and I am perfectly miserable at it. <laughs> uh, I I am complete. I admit this freely. It is very hard for me to make grout. That I mean, the humidity has to be right, and parts yeah, have yeah. to. Be, you might as might as well bake a, a professional, you know, gourmet cake is is <laughs> as much as I can make grout. You know, nice. it, ain't, it ain't happening. So. I wanted to make a tile tabletop the other day, uh, or I guess I say the other day. It was like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was so pissed I couldn't do it because I couldn't grout that I just went and I started walking around, skulking is probably a better word, <laughs> around Lowe's, trying to find and hunt You bastard tile. You know? <laughs> and uh, I finally... I, I I consented to let one of the, uh, the little sales uh, people help me out, and they're like, let me guess, you're trying to, to do this and you're bad at making grout. I'm like, miserable would probably be a better word. And they're like, you know what? There's This is cool. SpectreLock has got this cool system. Uh, and a lot of people just blow by it is like because it's expensive, uh, relatively speaking. One advantage of doing a tile table as opposed to a floor? Not a lot of grout. <laughs> you know? You're at most. Expensive is a different term. Yeah, you're at most covering a couple square feet, you yeah, know? Right. And you can have some big channels and still 
not use a lot of grout. <laughs> right, you know, I right. use quarter inch. I mean, which is decadent. You know, yeah. quarter inch. You know, joints. And uh, they're like, look, this Spectre, you know, Spectre Lock stuff is awesome. It's got uh, it basically. It's an epoxy. It's not just this traditional grout. Right. You know? Right. Uh, so you got to, but the, the part that freaks everybody out is it's got like all these parts, it's got A, B and C and you're just like, you're freaked out. You know? right. She's like, no, 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 no. Check this out. This is the easiest stuff in the world to use. You grab an AB pail and the AB pail has like two types of goo, the A and the B, uh, a sponge, some gloves and some instructions in the pail, right? No big deal. The C is entirely like colored sand and it's exactly the color of the uh, outside of the, the carton. So you just mix the goo and then dump the C in it, mix it up till it looks about like the consistency of a milkshake, milkshake, and spread it on the tile. You know, <laughs> use a little. She's like, "Look, there's about seven hundred thousand tools for this. What you need is this." And she handed me a foam, uh, basically, uh, push or, or you know, yeah, right thing. It's got this handle with a little foam thing on it. She's like, "This is all you really need." And uh, sure enough, she was right. Uh, this stuff is great. You got about eighty minutes once you start mixing the epoxy. Basically, uh, the the color is always consistent because y- you use all of the stuff you mix. You mix all the A, B, and C together, and you always have a consistent amount of grout. And you always have eighty minutes, depending nice. on. I mean, if it's hotter, it'll be a shorter time. If it's longer, you have a longer. Yeah, but time I mean, within it, reason but, or colder. Yeah, uh, within reason. But you have about an hour to to do this stuff, and you can well, I mean, easily mix. Uh, all this grout within an hour. I mean, even if you don't know what you're doing and I didn't, uh, and it comes out looking professional, nice. but here's the thing that's cool. You can spill anything <laughs> on this crap <laughs> and wipe it off. Yeah. You made a side table with it. I did. I made a side table and I made, uh, another, uh, side so table like food and wine. Yeah, I mean, we spilled and... wine and beer and pizza and every, any kind of thing you can imagine on this thing. And it just wipes off with nice. this. It's great. We cry. Um, it's it's pretty cool. Now it is expensive for for one complete system like an AB, which comes in one pail, which is like fifteen to eighteen bucks, and then the C part, which comes in like a quart looking milk container thing, uh, is probably around five or six. So, and how much would that actually do? Uh, well, it'll do with quarter inch, assuming one foot tiles, right? And quarter inch grout, it'll do uh twenty five by twenty five. Oh, nice. Now, man, if, so it still wouldn't be that bad. No, now if you're doing like uh, somebody commented on the blog, um, if you're doing little bitty tiles and tiling like a bathroom, yeah, like a, a shower stall, um, you got to figure you're using more grout per yeah, right. deal, and that goes way down. Sure. Uh, now, if you do like thin, like ultra thin uh, uh, joints and like one foot tile, you can get like four hundred by four hundred. Yeah, but it know? sounds to me like you're still talking about. On a, a a medium sized tile project, be it a small small a lot of small tiles or fewer large tiles, right? You know, you're talking about maybe a fifty dollar difference, right? For something that is going to be a little easier to deal with and a whole lot more durable. Yeah, and it basically hardens to rock. Because I could tell you, I mean, I spilled some red wine in the kitchen uh, last week, and uh, and it does stain. I mean, it's. And and I have colored grout, you know, a dark colored right. grout. So it's not like it just jumps out at you, but I, I know where it is and I can, you can, I can see, see it. it. Yeah. yeah. And so. this stuff does not stain. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> somebody can stain it somewhere, but damned if I can. And I've spilled a bunch on that <laughs> nice. side table. So it, it works out great. And it's, it's the expense is worth it for me because I use it for tables and stuff. And that's more than worth it. And it'll grout. And one setup will grout any, any table. 
but uh it was pretty cool you ought to check it out if you're you're in the market for that but uh the other thing i wanted to mention is you know a while back we talked about uh nail guns and uh-huh. uh a lot of nail guns in fact most nail guns that i've we've ever used uh you know, the, there's the the old myth about uh, driving nails across the room and like oh, sticking yeah. in people and everything like that. Well, I, I happened on a gun that would actually do that. It was the first one I, I've ever found that I that is actually dangerous. At a Are we actually like admitting that we've tried feet. it with everyone that came through? Um, I will because everybody knows I'm that stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, everybody could tell you I'm, I'm that you'd be around me for a while. I'll go, you know, I bet you I could, you know, it's, hey, y'all watch this. How far? Uh, I have a confirmed stick at 15 feet. Wow. Uh, so in other words, you wouldn't have wanted to be in front of it. Man, it's probably a bad idea. And because of the way the, the trigger lock was actually not designed that way, but because of the way it's designed, if you hold it in your left hand, and hold the the safety mechanism, disabling the safety and and everything with your your index finger. You can reach around with your middle finger, pull the trigger. It will fire. Wow. Um, which was the uh, the dual fast uh, nailer, which I'm sure dual fast is extremely happy with me for mentioning this. <laughs> but on the other hand, um, I do say uh, even in the post and now, it's not a good idea to do that. I still I'm still calling BS on on situations like that dude that drove by and shot him at the house you know it's like come on okay look i I had and and i'm not talking like it's going through a bunch of stuff it barely manages to stick and i had to fire like 12 of them (laughs) to make it it, all day yeah yeah, now the uh the auto fire doesn't exactly work great by the Mm. way um you might it's it's not really good with the holding the thing down because it's it doesn't work as good. But you can get it in a couple feet. Yeah, able to do drive bys with them, <laughs> man. Like not you, so much. I kind of have to call BS. It's actually hard to do. Yeah, and uh, no I amount still of think taping it's a misunderstanding will do it. of of nail guns to a large extent. Yeah, the, and to be to be quite honest in our laboratory conditions it was hard as hell to stick that thing in yeah in anything you know yeah and i used the loosest press board i could or you know chipboard i could find <laughs> right. that, that would you know was acceptable to this i did manage to stick it in some styrofoam pretty easily but um as far as being lethal at, at 50 yards or something that's kind of utterly ridiculous yeah. if you've ever really seen them and most of them have and I'm sure now that I mention it, dual fast will in the ne- very next model. But most of them have the sa- safety mechanisms engaged in such a way that it's very Damn near impossible, difficult to defeat. You'd have them. to modify the tool to fire them easily heavily, and it's just easier to get a pellet gun. To to tell you the truth, let's just yeah, let's just stop there. With what yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I agree that it's interesting, and and uh, it but is it was kind of interesting. The one of them finally fired was easy enough to disable that you could find out what it really did. Yeah, it was kind of funny. You know, I was like, you know, I I, I bet that it'd work. You know, yeah, sure enough, it did. But uh, hell of a powerful gun, by the way. You can you can uh, you can drill like hardwood to get. You can drive these nails through hardwood, man. It's wow. awesome. A uh, lot of big, powerful framing nailer. I think it's the the uh, SF three fifty S or DF, yeah DF three fifty S. Nice gun. Uh, has a top loading magazine that uh, uh, has a lock on the back of the uh, the slide that uh, has a little lever at the very very back of the rail that uh, when you you slide the nails in and slide them forward, you just 
smacked the back of the gun and the uh, the uh, slide falls forward. So you don't oh, have nice. to like get your fingers all in there and everything like that, which is actually, if you're looking for a framing nailer, that's almost worth the price of it. Because I don't know if you've ever pinched your finger in one of yeah, those slides. actually. Uh, it'll take a I chunk of meat off. I haven't used that much, and I have. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, go. it's not cool, and it's a real positive lock. So I really like the fact that you can yank that slide all the way back, and it stops, you know, and, and visibly locks. And then you have to really smack it to make it go forward, which, if you're smacking it, means literally you have your hand on the handle and away from the slide completely. So it's kind of a neat way of keeping you from, keeping you from doing yeah, something stupid to yourself, nice. you know. So it, it kind of worked out good. Well, it's worth mentioning that both of these uh, pieces by you are on the site. Uh, they are. Uh, you can check out the uh, Do a Fast Nailer and the How To on Grout, all on Toolmonger.com. Anything else you want this week? Uh, no, I think I've crammed in about as much <laughs> as I can. All right. Well, we'll see everybody next week.